This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's Economics in Action show presented by the McNair Center for the Advancement of Free Enterprise and Entrepreneurship at Northwood University in conjunction with Midland Community Television. I'm your host today. My name is Mackenzie Castle. I'm the Director of Public Relations at Northwood University. Joining me is Dr. Tim Nash. I'm Mackenzie. Tim is the Director of the McNair Center and Josh Wekeser, Northwood Economics student. We're going to jump right in today for the August and early September Economic Outlook. Dr. Nash, how is the U.S. economy doing generally? You know, overall, Mackenzie, the U.S. economy is doing very well. Uh, but we'd like to start the show with a quote from one of my all-time favorite economists, Dr. Thomas Sowell at Stanford's Hoover Institution. And Dr. Sowell is very fond of saying that the first lesson of economics is scarcity, that there's never enough of anything for people to truly be satisfied with all the things that they want. And then he goes on to say that the, uh, the first lesson of politics is to disregard the first lesson of economics. And the reason why I think that quote is timely today is that our one major concern about the economy today and moving forward is our uh, U.S. national debt. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's uh, roughly $21 trillion. It's growing. Uh, the pace of growth is slowing a little bit, but not much. And so the, the, the concern with all the good things you're about to hear is that the U.S national debt and Democrats and Republicans need to get together and address the fact that um, we have to get the debt under control and we have to look at both ways to generate more revenue and simultaneously ways to reduce government spending. Having said that, um, if you look at uh, GDP, our last show uh, relative to today, you'll see that this is a new slide because we've revised upward uh, GDP growth. and. Uh, the second uh, report on GDP came out uh, just recently by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. And instead of the U.S. economy growing at 4.1%, it actually grew at 4.2% in the second quarter. And the thing that's impressive about that is that the U.S. economy is now growing over the past four quarters or the past 12 months at 3.15%. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. And that is darn near our post-World War II average before the Great Recession. Will it continue? Hopefully, but it certainly has been impressive economic growth over the last uh, uh, four quarters or the last year. And as, as you take a look at it, it's also impressive when you look at growth uh, since the, uh, the Great Recession. From the trough of the Great Recession in 2009 until just recently, the U.S. economy was growing at just under 2%. And, and thus, the, this recent growth uh, of 3.9% over the last year uh, is impressive and certainly seems to be uh, something that is continuing. 
Uh, leading the economy, leading the charge is the fact that unemployment, once again in August, was at 3.9%. Again, uh, some of the best unemployment figures in four decades and certainly prolonged uh, unemployment uh, uh, below four and a half and now below 4%. Mm -hmm. The second key factor there is job growth. And as you look at uh, job growth, the August job numbers that just came out uh, a few days ago were very impressive. Uh, job growth in the United States uh, was 201,000 new jobs in August. That was about 10,000 more than most economists were expecting. And if you look at uh, job growth uh, relative to where we are right now, the pace so far in 2018 is the best, uh, best job growth uh, since 2015 if it continues uh, uh, throughout the rest of the year. So, you know, the U.S. economy as it relates to job growth is doing very, very well. The thing that we always talk about and one of the key things that are of most importance to the McNair Center is how is business looking at the economy and especially how are entrepreneurs uh, looking at the economy. And so as you take a look at um, business confidence, which uh, we clearly believe is what's driving the success of the economy, uh, there's, I think, a strong correlation between the fact that um, we have a pro-business president, at least a perceived pro-business president in the White House. And you can see business confidence uh, moving upward at the uh, large scale level and uh, for entrepreneurs. And so if you look at um, the business confidence index by the conference board, it's at 133.4. You can see a fairly sizable jump from July and very close to being among the, the best uh, uh, the conference board has reported in, in decades. If you look at the small business index, which really measures the entrepreneur, the backbone of this, this mm -hmm. uh, economy, those businesses of 200 employees or smaller, uh, new business, new startups, that level is at an all-time record high uh, in, in August. It was 108.8. It's the highest level since the uh, index was developed almost 50 years ago. So the, the, th the, the reason for optimism uh, on the business side and the reason why we track it uh, so closely is that it's, you know, it's the entrepreneur, it's the business person that creates the jobs. Government is important, government is necessary, but you wouldn't have a government without a successful business class. You wouldn't have households without a successful business class, a successful group of risk takers that start businesses that create jobs that allow for taxes to be paid that allow for churches to be built and little league baseball teams to be formed and all the good things that we find in this economy and, and the literally hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars annually given to charity by people that have a job and have income that they can afford to share uh, with others. So this perhaps, slide seven, is perhaps the most uh, important uh, news right now is that uh, there's a strong congruence between the large confidence index which measures big companies individuals across the country and the the uh, uh small business confidence index which measures the entrepreneurs those companies today that will be the large fortune 500 companies in in uh in 10 or 20 years another uh, i think variable that's that's important to take a look at 
is that the stock market is really beginning to pick up. And if you remember last month, it was up uh, about uh, a little over 2.5% for the first half of the year. Mm -hmm. And it's now up 5.8% in early September. If you calculate this on an annualized basis, the stock market will be up roughly 9% for the year. It's not quite what it was last year, but even our concerns in previous shows about the performance of the stock market are, are somewhat lessened by the fact that the stock market is increasing at a, at a faster pace uh, uh, in, the, in the last month. And so uh, that uh, is something that we look at and we certainly are, are very, uh, very pleased with. The other, uh, I think, variable on a national economy is the fact that wages for the first time in, um, in August were up, and they were up just under 3%. So if you look at August of 2017 and you compare August of 2017 to August of 2018, it was up 2.9%. And that, uh, even adjusted for inflation, is a real increase in wages. And we haven't had much of that, literally, uh, McKinsey, for about 10 years. And so this was really the last sign that the economy is recovering and is recovering in a strong way coming out of the Great Recession. So if this continues with wages, uh, this is going to be uh, uh, an unprecedented uh, uh, move over at least the last 10 years in the economy. Uh, also, as you take a look at um, the economy, we think it, it, it would be important for our viewers to take a look at uh, uh, maybe some things that are more regional or, or more localized in the sense that um, in, in a month we'll be releasing our annual study for the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, you know, we know we have some op-eds coming out uh, in newspapers in Michigan on the study. and. And it's a study that gets national attention because it ranks Michigan against all 50 states. And it ranks Michigan in taxes. It ranks Michigan in regulations and cost of things like automobile insurance or a gallon of gasoline. And the thing that, that's most important is any state could take our study and make it a centric study to their state. So the, the beauty of it is we've done the study in Texas. We've done it for West Virginia, we've done it for Illinois, and uh, it, it's interesting to see how states have progressed, especially over a 20-year uh, period of time. And if, if you look at uh, this, this first slide from our, uh, our study, we're measuring U.S. GDP growth in the Great Lakes region. Now, the Great Lakes region, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, there are uh, uh, five regions across, six regions across the United States, and the Great Lakes region is Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Wisconsin. And you can see that uh, whether you're looking at nominal economic growth, you're looking at real GDP, or you're looking at GDP per capita or by population, Michigan has done extremely well coming out of the Great Recession. And if you just take a look at from 2007 to 2017, uh, Michigan was best in the Great Lakes region and 11th nationally in nominal GDP growth at 4%. The country as a whole grew at 3.8%. Uh, Michigan grew at 1.9% uh, adjusted for inflation, real GDP, and uh, was 15th overall in the country, a little bit behind the national average in, in real GDP. 
But then you take real GDP and divide it by the population, and Michigan grew at 1.8% and was uh, uh, tied for fifth in the country, while the nation as a whole grew at 1.3%. Now, the reason why per capita GDP is so important is that if you look at, just take a simple example of China. China is the second largest economy by country in the world. Third largest if you look at uh, the European Union. It would be the United States, European Union, China. And if you look at it by country, it's the United States and then China. China has a GDP of, depending on whose data you look at, roughly $11 trillion. And that's very large. That's very impressive. The United States is about $21 trillion. But the, the real issue that's impressive when it comes into play is divide the U.S. number by 330 million, divide the Chinese num number by almost 1.4 billion, and you'll see that Chinese per capita income is dramatically lower than U.S. per capita income. And so it's on average what does, the, what does a human being or, or a citizen, a, a worker have uh, to spend. And you can do it by population, you can do it by the number of people that are employed, and that tends to be one of the most uh, impressive and most important measurements for the growth of a state. And Michigan clearly has been a great performer from 2011 to 2017. What's important uh, to also note as you, you look at our next slide, and, and this will be in an op-ed coming out next week, uh, is that um, if you look at the United States relative to Michigan prior to 2011, so you're looking at uh, almost the first decade of the uh, 21st century, and you're really looking at the, the data and the events that led up to and taking Michigan through the Great Recession. And if you look at it, uh, the nominal GDP, the U.S. grew at 3.8%. Um, Michigan grew at 0.3% in nominal GDP. So that's not adjusting for inflation. Michigan was last in the Great Lakes region, and Michigan was uh, uh, last in the country over that period for nominal GDP growth. In terms of real GDP growth, that's overall GDP, overall production of goods and services uh, adjusted for inflation. The U.S. economy over that period grew at 1.4%. Michigan grew at 1.6%, and it was negative. It was a negative 1.6%. We were last in the Great Lakes region, and we were last in the United States. And then that, that all-important measurement Per capita GDP growth, the U.S. economy grew at 0.4% from 2003 to 2010. Michigan grew at minus 1.3%. We were last in the Great Lakes region, and we were 49th nationally. And, and finally, as you look at um, our last slide relative to a local part of the U.S., uh, if you look at uh, GDP growth rates, and you then start to look at local or metropolitan areas. There's something called gross metropolitan product. GDP is gross national product. GSP is gross state product. And GMP is gross metropolitan product. National, state, local. There are 383 locales or local areas in, in the United States. And what's important, you know, as we look at our McNair Center here at Northwood University, University being located in Midland, Michigan, uh, you can see that um, Grand Rapids, which is uh, the second largest city in, in Michigan, uh, Midland, which is the 13th of, of the 15 
GMPs in uh, our gross metropolitan areas in Michigan. Midland's the 13th largest. But if you look at this, you can see how well Grand Rapids and Midland, but especially Midland, performed versus the nation. And you can see here that um, Midland was either first or second in the state, and nationally, Michigan performed at a level that was fifth as it relates to per capita GDP. So the fact of the matter is, a lot of great things happening in Michigan, mm -hmm. and we believe a lot of that had to do with the tax and regulatory cuts uh, by Governor Snyder, who's in his eighth year right now. So in conclusion, as you look at um, the Michigan economy, our concern is still that national debt. Our concern is, um, is real and is something that needs to be dealt with. Uh, 49 out of 50 states have a balanced budget amendment. We really believe something like that has to be adopted at the uh, federal level. But in conclusion, we think there's a strong job mar market. Wages are improving. If you look at um, a number of the different variables, the stock market is strong. R&D is, is strong. And when you're looking at uh, business investment and, quite frankly, the Great Lakes and the Michigan economy, they're all, uh, they're all looking strong on a national and a regional level. So, uh, again, a very good report card for uh, the economy right now. That's great. Sounds like a good report card for the state of Michigan. Absolutely. We look forward to the chamber study coming out of the McNair Center this fall. As you mentioned, a couple op-eds going to be appearing shortly. Uh, leading into that, we'll kind of move over. We heard a lot about entrepreneurs, Josh, a lot about what they can do for our economy and how they are a huge part of the growth of our economy. So who is our Entrepreneur of the Month this month? So I'm pleased to announce that um, for the August uh, Entrepreneur of the Month, uh, we are uh, going to celebrate the life of Rich DeVos. Um, and as you have probably heard, uh, Mr. DeVos passed away just this last week um, uh, at the age of 92. Um, and Mr. DeVos was born in, Mar in Grand Rapids, Michigan on March 4th of 1926. Um, and he's been widely regarded around the world as, as an entrepreneur and as uh, an, an innovator and someone who's really determined to free enterprise and uh, promoting free practice through business. Um, Mr. Voss, uh, he told us a little bit about how uh, his father lost his job during the Great Depression um, and his family was actually forced to move into a small apartment in the attic of his grandparents' house. So he knew struggle from the very beginning. It, he had a, uh, grew up in a rough time in American history. Um, and uh, his family had to make many sacrifices to make it through the Depression. It was, it was obviously a rough time for a lot of people, a um, third of the people in the country without jobs. And um, his family, uh, even though they had to make very, very many sacrifices, um, the dignity and work uh, that, they, that they always fought for, that always was maintained, that was continued. And, um, th and they always recognized the dignity to work and the plight of the less fortunate. So um, Rich never questioned when his country called in to service when he went and served in World War II. And then he considered in his duty to help transform the post-war America and global economy. Um, and he did this actually, this, this kind of spark began in high school. Um, and, and it began when he met one of his lifelong friends, uh, Jay Van Andel. And uh, Jay Van Andel and Mr. DeVos, they both attended uh, Grand Rapids Christian High School. And they became lifelong friends, business partners, and philanthropists. Um, and uh, they, they went on to 
uh, formed the American Way Association, which later became um, Amway in 1959, and uh, today is part of Al um, Alticor. And um, they started the Amway Corporation out of their basement in Ada, actually. It was, mm -hmm. it was just a, a small project, and, and uh, they both invested um, their own funds uh, in, in order to start this company. The company went from offering one product, a multi-purpose household cleaner in 1959 with $500,000 in sales in its first full year, um, to offering more than 450 products uh, and services with $8.6 billion in sales for 2017. So obviously very successful, the work that they had put in, the, the, the message that they had um, spoken to those that they employed, those that they um, uh, kind of inspired to sell these products uh, was very successful and, and created great lives for many people. Um, Amway has over 4 million independent distributors in more than 100 countries and um, territories around the world with almost 80% of their uh, sales generated outside the United States. So he was not just a, uh, you know, selling to only Americans or Michiganders. He was actually going out and, and, and teaching people across the world. Amway was employing people all over the world and selling most of their products outside of the United States. So um, today Amway Corporation actually employs more than 17,000 people, and that's not only in Michigan but throughout the world. Um, and it's, it's definitely the number one direct selling company in the world. It's uh, been very successful, and, and uh, through its involvement with Alticor, his, his family um, has managed to keep Amway growing and, uh, and, and has continued to spread free enterprise and spread um, the sales all over the world. So um, a lot of people also know that he, his family owns the Orlando Magic. It's kind of a, a really interesting, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, another thing that he's been able to do by owning the basketball team in, in Orlando. It's, mm -hmm. it's been a great benefit for the community down there. Um, so DeVos and his wife, uh, Helen, who passed away in 2017, um, and along with her children, have donated more than $1.4 billion dollars. Uh, to charities ranging from colleges, universities, to free market think tanks, hospitals, and churches. So they've not only taken that money that they've been, you know, that they've worked so hard for and, and, and you know, lived nice, comfortable lives, but they've given a lot of that money back mm -hmm. and have made sure to make, they've made sure to make that money go a long ways in helping other people and helping people have better lives. Um, at the time of his passing, actually, Forbes magazine listed Mr. DeVos as the 351st wealthiest person in the world with a net worth of $5.4 billion. So even though he was able, you know, to give so much of his money away and to enrich other people's lives with that money, he still, you know, when he passed, he was a very, very wealthy person and was among the, you know, top wealthiest people in the world. So it shows that you don't have to you don't have to hoard that money or anything to giving giving it up really and giving mm -hmm. back to other people is is uh, very beneficial in many ways and and still was was very beneficial for a lot of people and Mr. DeVos also. Um, today the United States remains the world's beacon of liberty and the cornerstone of global capitalism because of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs like Rich DeVos. And uh, I'd just like to finish up by saying that uh, a quote from Mr. DeVos was, giving is a joyful experience. And uh, people clearly make uh, the difference in this world. And Rich DeVos's wife, Helen, can be counted among the world's most exceptional philanthropic difference makers because of what they've done, mm -hmm. what they've given, what they've inspired people to do. And that's why we'd like to recognize him and, 
uh, as, as our Entrepreneur of the Month and a very, very important businessman. Absolutely, yes. So many of the, um, the values that Northwood holds dear, freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, he embodies, of course, a well-known name at Northwood, providing the naming gift to the Richard DeVos Graduate School of Management. You knew him personally, Dr. Nash. Oh, I'll tell you, Rich DeVos was, was everything that Josh said and, and, uh, and even more. And uh, he was a personal hero of mine, an, an individual that, um, you know, as Josh noted, he, was, uh, he served his country magnificently in World War II and literally understood all the damage that a war can do and, uh, and came back and helped rebuild and grow the American economy. But you know, to that point, over 100 uh, countries around the world where he created over 4 million entrepreneurs, he and Jay Van Andel. And, and maybe a, a little known fact is that um, uh, there was, there's such a closeness between uh, Amway and, and uh, Northwood University because they were both founded in 1959. Our co-founders, Dr. Turner and Dr. Stauffer, knew Mr. Van Andel and Mr. DeVos. And you know, we're very pleased that um, Two of the three DeVos boys are uh, graduates of Northwood University and yeah. some of the grandkids. And so yep. it's, uh, it, it, it's just, um, he's in a better place. He's up in heaven with uh, his wonderful wife, but uh, boy, he's going to be a person who's missed for his wisdom and his kindness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thinking about the DeVos family, of course, from the Northwood family um, as we move forward. Uh, that brings us to the conclusion of our show today. We hope you enjoyed a recap of the August uh, economic outlook and the beginning of September. A little foreshadowing, of course, on the Michigan Chamber study, which will be coming out this fall. Have you also keep an eye today out for the Detroit News op-ed on Rich DeVos, written by our own Dr. Nash and our president, Dr. Keith Pretty. That will be running today and it will be online at DetroitNews.com. If you'd like to see recordings of previous shows or get the monthly economic outlook, please visit mcnair.northwood.edu today and shoot us a note at mcnair.northwood.edu. If you'd like to weigh in on the show, send questions or give feedback. Thanks so much for joining us. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.